Hey guys, welcome to the Lambda League podcast for week five. We'll talk matchups this week, talk about the standings a little bit, and I'll give you some bold predictions for the upcoming week. Uh, the first thing I'd like to talk about is actually the standings, and I um, can't say I'm too surprised at this point. Um, there is quite a bit of parity in the league. If you would have asked me at the beginning of the season what I think anybody would be 4-0, I probably would have said yes, um, but obviously that's just how it works out, and it depends on matchups and who's playing well at certain times and whatnot. Um, I would not have guessed that Brandon would be at 3-1. and one. Again, props to him for that, for having the god-awful team he has, still 3-1. and one. I would not have guessed Jamal being at 1-3, and three, but if you look at Jamal and Brandon, the difference is basically who they're playing. Jamal and Brandon only have four points difference scored, but over 100 points, or sorry, almost right at 100 points, difference for points against. Brandon only has 483 points scored against him. Jamal has 587, almost 588 scored against him, uh, which is the most in the league, um, almost right there with Brian. He's got 581. Um, so, and I think that does obviously make a big difference um, because you got to play the right teams at the right time. But at the same time, you also need to, if you average that you know, higher amount, it's not just the up and down. We've had this conversation year after year, but it seems like the teams that um, that don't average that consistent 150, 160, if you can average 150, you're going you're gonna to make playoffs. And uh, right now, you know, there's not a whole lot of teams that are doing that. Actually, I think I'm the only one doing that now that I look at the standings. Um, I've scored 626 points, and the next closest person is Scott. I'd say we're kind of the two outliers. He's at 584. Uh, next closest person is uh, right there with Jamal and, and Brandon. So um, another outlier that I see in this is actually uh, Mike, although he's in sixth place, and if the playoffs were to start today, he would be in the playoffs. Um, he has scored the least amount of points in the league. He has 432. The next closest is is actually George at 462. Now, 30 points really isn't that much when you break it down over uh, over four weeks, but 30 points can really factor in a lot in terms of playoff seeding and whether you make the playoffs or not because with the parity in our league, um, it's, it's really it seems like it's pretty top-heavy. You know, there's those four or five teams that are always – not the same teams, but there's four or five teams every year that are pretty decent. And then there's everybody else, which is kind of all clumped together. And then crook and dead last per usual. There's the problem with it is that if you're not scoring a bunch of points, then that's really going to hurt you because that is the, um, the determining factor on if you, if there's a tie or not. So obviously it's it uh, for, if you're in your division, if you're going for the number one seed, it's not actually based on anything but divisional play. So to win your division, you actually have to have the best division record, uh, which is why you see that I'm in first place and Jesse is in second place in the winner's division because I'm 2-0 and and he's 1-1 and in the division. So if you're looking to lose a game, do it outside your division. It makes more sense for you. So um, that's really all I got there. It, like I said, there's quite a bit of parity and – Right now, there's only one team that's undefeated, Crook, but I think we all kind of saw that coming. Maybe expected Brandon to be there with him, but Crook, you, you can't score 473 points in four weeks and, and win. This is, I mean, might as well just call this the Bash on Crook show because he's just 
He's killing himself here. It's just getting ridiculous. Jordan Reed's playing like crap, and he gave up all those picks to get him, and it's just, it's just getting ridiculous. All right, let's move on. Uh, moving on to the matchups, and actually pretty good matchup here is the first one, uh, Jesse and Brandon. Um, Jesse's projected to win 125-114. to 114. Now, that will change once Brandon decides that he wants to pay attention to his lineup and get C.J. Anderson out. He's got Okafor in there at defense, which is surprising anyway, but he's not playing this week either. So once he gets those positions filled, I would guess that it's going to be pretty much neck and neck at 125. Um, same thing, though. That's what I was starting to talk about earlier. If you can score 140 to 150 points, you're going to win you know, 75% of the time. So if these guys are projected at 125 and you score 140, you should win. So I, I don't know who's going to win this matchup, obviously. Um, it's In my opinion, it's going to depend on Joe Mixon, how he fares against Buffalo, because Jesse's going to have a tough time with uh, Dalvin Cook out. He's going to have a tough time replacing him. He did get Doug Martin back from suspension. Fortunately for him, he plays New England to start off his 2017 season. Um, but that And he's uh, has uh, Jameis Winston as well, so that should really help him quite a bit. I'm going to go and I'll pick it here, pick to win on the, the fantasy site. I'm going to take Jesse to win this, which is five consecutive weeks now that I've picked Brandon to lose, and he has won three of the past four. So again, congrats on that. Uh, moving along, let's move to – this is a really good matchup. But George and Scott, um, I do like Scott in this matchup. I'll pick, it, pick him to win. He's projected to win 145 to 131. Um, looks like neither one of them have any buys in their lineup right now. Good job for paying attention. Unlike Brandon. Um, I do have some questions with George's lineup. I mean, when you see Eric Ebron and Derek Henry in there, not exactly putting up stellar numbers over the past couple weeks and who knows? I mean, they're kind of breakout guys and that's, I think that's what he's looking for, obviously, because he's got some injury problems as well as some buy issues with Ingram and, um, I think yeah, Thomas and Crowder, they're both on buys as well. So uh, Scott, on the other hand, he's got some pretty big buys also. Devontae Freeman, Manuel Sanders, Tevin Coleman, probably be on his bench anyway. But that's the downside to having, um, you know, if there's a two-headed running back and you have both of them, it's that's the downside to it is that you've got both guys on a buy at the exact same time. So Devontae Adams got on his bench. Um, it sounds like there's still a chance he may play. But I don't know how much how effective he's going to be, or how much they're going to be willing to put him out there, knowing that you know he was having some head problems last week, obviously with that big hit. And I I don't know what they're going to do with him, but they're playing Dallas, so that's a pretty big game for them on on national TV. So um, Tom Brady playing Tampa Bay should have a pretty big day, I would imagine, because he's well Tom Brady and he's averaging like thirty points of a week, take out the first Kansas City game. We're only up five. And so as long as he keeps hooking up with Chris Hogan and James White, then Scott's going to roll here. And um, But I don't know. I just, I'm just i not a big fan of the Russell Wilson matchup that uh, George has. I have Russell Wilson in another keeper league. And, I mean, he's been playing well, but it's because his team has been down and they've had to come back, especially in that Tennessee game. And obviously they fell just short, but – Played, looked a little bit better and played quite a bit better 
against Indianapolis. But again, that's Indianapolis. The Rams have a little bit better defense than that. Um, not saying they have a stellar defense, but I think it's going to be a little bit more difficult. They don't play well on the road or haven't on the road this year. So we'll see if what Russell Wilson can do. Um, same thing without Odell Beckham. You know, it's I just don't love the receiving core with Shepard and Moncrief. Um, I do. I am a big fan of Belial Powell here. Obviously, he's playing Cleveland, so you should be a big fan of him. But um, I, I see Belial Powell really going off this week. I would imagine it'd be something similar to last week. I know he had over 150 carries and or 150 yards and a touchdown. I'm going to guess something similar to that this upcoming week. Uh, moving on, let's go to Jamal and Mike. And this one is relatively close right now. Looks like both guys have their lineup set. Well done. Again, unlike Brandon. Um, projection, Mike at 120, basically 128. Jamal at 134. And I am going to pick... Well, let me look down the lineups here. So we got Scam Newton starting for Jamal. And I don't know that I like that because he's facing a Detroit defense that's really good. And they've played really well over the past few weeks here. Um but he doesn't really have an option, I guess, because he's got uh, uh, oh, what's his name, Matt Ryan on his bench because of the bye. Uh, Chris Thompson, Samaj P. Ryan, yeah, he. That's basically it. So basically, Chris Thompson and Matt Ryan are his buys on the other side. Terrell Pryor, Kobe Fleener, Alvin Kamara. Um, yeah, so I, you know what, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Jamal here. Um, and I think it's basically just it's just based on his running backs. I mean, LaShawn McCoy facing Cincinnati, they haven't had a stellar defense this year. And Le'Veon Bell facing Jacksonville, they actually have a really good defense, but they don't have a great run-stopping defense. Um, they kind of just make big plays when they need them. So I'm going to take Jamal on this one for sure. Um, somebody that I am really high on this week and maybe even for the rest of the season is Duke Johnson. He had a big week last week. Last two weeks has been pretty big and Isaiah Crowell is not exactly getting the carries everybody expected him to get. And Duke Johnson is getting a few carries out of it, but he's mainly getting um, the receptions out of the backfield. So I think that's obviously a big factor for the Browns. And if they can stay in the game, maybe he'll start to get a few more carries, but it could go the other way and it could be Isaiah Crowell as well. If they're staying in the game, or even ahead, they're going to want to maintain the possession of the ball and actually run the ball as opposed to you know, just start chucking it down the field because they're losing by a ton of points. Um, I think it's going to be a tough day for Jordan Howard playing against Minnesota. It is Monday night, which will help him a little bit, get the adrenaline going. Um, and it's also in Chicago, which should help him at home too. But that's the tough Minnesota run defense. They haven't given up a 100-yard rusher yet. Um, it was close last week with Amir Abdullah, but I would I would imagine that Jordan Howard would stay under 100 yards. You know, could get a touchdown here or there, but um, I wouldn't expect too much out of him. So I'm definitely going with Jamal on this one. Uh, the fourth matchup is Crook and Creech. What I like about this matchup is that I really can't tell who's going to win at this point based on projections because neither person's looked at their roster yet. Creech still has Chris Carson on IRR in his flex spot, and Crook doesn't have a kicker that's starting. So I guess he's got Matt Bryant, but he's on a bye. So maybe we shouldn't tell him that. Crook, I hope you're not listening. Um, 
I'm actually kills me to say this. I'm going to go with Crook on this one. Um, I really like Ben Roethlisberger against Jacksonville this week. Roethlisberger plays much better at home. That was the main reason I drafted him was for his bye week or for uh, for Drew Brees' bye week, which is week five here. And I think that's a big factor is when he plays at home and he's playing a defense, even though they have a pretty good pass defense, they'll, they have a terrible run defense. So they have to put the extra guy in the box that'll open up the passing game. And they've got good receivers there. So I expect a big day out of him. Same thing, Brandon Cooks, they're facing Tampa Bay. He's got Tom Brady on his side. I mean, if you don't get 100 yards and a touchdown out of Brandon Cooks, you, it, I mean, it's a bad day for him. So um, I'm going to I'm gonna take, and I'll do it right now, I'm going to take Crook to win. Um, Creech, on the other hand, actually pretty excited about a couple of his players. Uh, Zeke Elliott has kind of had his ups and downs this season. I mean, he had a good week last week, but the team didn't win. He had a lot of carries, not a ton of yards, but... I you know, had to get some receptions there at the end because they're trying to come back. Um, so that's where he got a lot of his fantasy points. But Jhi, he's been absolutely miserable this season, and I feel kind of bad for Creech because you know he gave up a fifth round pick for him, and expectations are pretty high. Um, but he's facing a Tennessee defense that has just been horrendous, and it's a good time to play the Titans. They're playing in Miami. And it'll make it a lot easier on JJ. I expect actually a pretty big day out of him, you know, at least 100 yards and a touchdown. Um, and then finally, the last one I wanted to talk about is Brian against myself. And the projections show that I'm going to win 73% to 27. I'm projected 139 points. He's at 115. Um, it's going to depend on health. We both have some question questionable players. He's got Michael Crabtree, which I, it's up in the air on him. Um, Leonard Fournette just today became on the, or got on the injury report and Kelvin Benjamin, same thing with him. He's going to play. He'll be fine. Uh, Fournette, I haven't heard anything on him, so I really don't know anything about it, but uh, Crabtree, it sounds, it sounded like he could have played, uh, but it's a chest injury. So who knows? It's probably all just based on uh, how he's feeling, but I don't really know that it matters too much if he, he plays because he's got EJ Manuel back there instead of Derek Carr. That's a pretty big difference. Um, same thing, though, when it, with Dan, Danny Amendola. If they start targeting him and Brady you know, wants that guy underneath, they're running those crossing patterns as opposed to somebody that's running flies, Danny Amendola could get a ton of targets. He get a ton of catches, and it's easy to get a touchdown when you play with Tom Brady, so I'm a little concerned there. Um Melvin Gordon, he's going to face a Giants defense that has actually played decently well. You wouldn't know it based on their record, but they've got a pretty good pass defense, um, one really good corner, and that allows them to keep that extra guy in the box. And that extra guy is actually their linebacker, B.J. Goodson, who was on my team, who I followed quite a bit. Uh, first week of the season, he had 14 tackles, just five this past week after being injured for two weeks. Uh, but he had all five or six tackles, five and a half technically. But um, he had all of those tackles in the first half and then didn't play a whole lot in the second half um, of of last week's game. And the reason for that is because Tampa Bay was down and they had to throw the ball and he's more of a run stuffer. So I think the Chargers wanting to get more back more into the running game with Melvin Gordon so that Philip Rivers isn't throwing so many picks so they have a chance to win the game. Hopefully that will 
benefit both of us. Gordon running the ball, Goodson tackling him for a one-yard loss. We're all happy. Um, staying with his team, he kind of lucked out this week getting – um, he's got both Murray or two Murrays now at this point, I guess. Latavius Murray is going to be the starter for the Vikings, and who knows, you know, how well he's going to be. He said himself that his ankle isn't hundred percent, and that shouldn't mean a whole lot because if you're you know, you're playing the NFL, no one's hundred percent. But he's been he was what two three months removed from ankle surgery, I and mean, he should be fine at this point. But who knows? I don't know what kind of volume they're going to give him. But they're playing a Chicago defense that's actually been pretty tough on the run this year. So we'll see how he does there. Um, on the flip side of that, I have to start Tariq Cohen due to some buys. And he's facing a Minnesota defense who is, like I said earlier, been magnificent against the run this year. I'm hoping he'll get some receptions out of the backfield, maybe a touchdown. But, it, I mean, he's just a flyer for me at this point. I have no idea what to expect. Um, other than that, I'm really excited about Mike Evans playing New England. They have a terrible defense the worst in the league. They said that the, the most yards through this many games that any team has ever given up in NFL history. Um, I saw that the other day, and I thought that's a pretty astounding number, So, or statistic, I should say. Um, starting Eli Manning this week because Drew Brees is on a bye, and Brian also is starting um, somebody off waiver wire, starting Jay Cutler because Kirk Cousins is on a bye. And I can now officially say this because I wasn't going to say it to Brian, but I picked up the, uh, what, two, at one point I had three quarterbacks, or three additional, so I had four quarterbacks as of last week, but I picked up three of them um, last week so that Brian wouldn't have her many options this week, knowing that I had to, we each had to play somebody off the waiver wire. So he is taking Cutler against Tennessee, which isn't really a terrible matchup. Like I said, Tennessee's been playing pretty bad, um, and it is in Miami, which should help Jay Cutler a little bit. But he's still Jay Cutler, so let's hope he throws three picks. Um, on the other hand, like I said, I'm starting Eli Manning. He himself could easily throw three picks. However, he's playing the Chargers, which helps him a little bit. And he's had two pretty good weeks over the past couple weeks. 24-plus um, fantasy points in both those weeks. So let's hope that trend continues. Uh, last person I want to talk about is A.J. Green. I was shopping him around for a little while, and I was the first two weeks, you know, I wasn't concerned because he was getting targets. And once they fired their offensive coordinator, I was really excited because I knew that meant they were going to go straight to him. And then they played Green Bay in Green Bay. He had a great game there, 10 catches, over 100 yards, and a touchdown. Last week, you know, they, they got up so big so fast that they didn't really need to throw the ball against Cleveland. So five catches, still had 60 yards and a touchdown. Can't really complain about that. Now he's playing Buffalo. Buffalo has probably the best pass defense in football and held Atlanta last week to basically nothing. Matt Ryan looked like he had never played football before in his life. And sometimes Andy Dalton can also look like he's never played football a day in his life, and he doesn't need a good defense to look that way either. So we'll see how A.J. Green fares against them. If they basically just decide that we're strictly going to A.J. Green and we're going to run slants and uh, screen plays and whatnot to him, get him the ball, and not just try and – send him on flies down the field. I think they'll have some success with it. The problem is you got to block and they don't have a very good offensive line. Buffalo's got a good pass rush. I just, I'm not expecting big things out of him. Same thing with Kareem Hunt. Not a big, uh, not going to be a big week for him. He's playing Houston. They got a really good run defense at Houston. I'd be surprised. I mean, he could score a touchdown. It's, you know, he's had 13 plus fantasy points in every game this, this year. So 
I would imagine some points out of him, but I'd be surprised. He's going to be touchdown dependent, in my opinion. Same thing on the other side, DeMarco Murray um, playing at Miami, supposed to be raining, bad weather. Uh, Yeah, thunderstorms and the forecast looks like. So um, if it's bad weather, they're going to run the ball a little bit, but um, they may have to rely on him. It depends on who's going to start at quarterback, I guess. But um, I don't think it, I'm not expecting a big day out of Murray. I'm, he's kind of touchdown dependent as well. So um, that's it. I like. It. I'm going to go ahead and take myself to win this. It's rare that I pick myself to win, but I don't think Brian's beat me in like four years. So no offense to him, but that's just how things go. Um, so the last thing I want to get to is my bold predictions for this week. I've got three of them here. Uh, first one is not too bold of a prediction, but I've got Zeke playing against the Green Bay Packers. Um, it's the Fox's NFL game of the week. So I've got him at 150 yards and two touchdowns. That's a really big week for him and a much needed one for Creech. Um, I've got Duke Johnson. I think he's going to he's gonna get 100 yards. He'll um, eclipse the 100-yard mark and yeah, I'll throw in a touchdown too. If he's going to get 100 yards, good chance he's going to score a touchdown as well. And then my biggest one, my boldest of bold predictions of the week, Eli Manning is going to lead all fantasy scorers this week, and he's going to lead Joe Bob's Rocket Clan to a 4-1 record and continue to stay atop the Lambda League standings. So thanks, everybody, for listening. As always, if anybody other than Mike wants to be on the, the podcast, please let me know. Good luck to everybody this weekend, and we'll talk to you later.